Hi, my name is Mark, and welcome to The Living Room Podcast. The Living Room is where we have conversations about house church, microchurch, and what it looks like living the everyday mission of Christ. Hey, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Living Room Podcast. This is Mark, and I have with me today Joseph Dickens. Welcome back, Joseph. It's good to be back, Mark. It's great to be here. (laughs) Usually, um, Joseph is the one, and I think we're going to do it again today, where he um, takes on the role of interviewer, right, and uh, is going to ask some questions to me um, as it relates to house church, living on mission, micro church, making disciples, all those kinds of things. Um, but first, man, let me just say congratulations to you and your wife, Hannah, on the arrival of your first little child, baby girl, Eliza. Congratulations, man. Thank you. Yes, it's it's super exciting. Crazy time. Um, we, My wife is amazing. Um, Eliza was born, I guess, what is it now? Like 12 days ago? It's amazing. Um so I'm a little tired. So disclaimer, not <laughs> sure what I'm going to say today. Which is going to make this super fun. <laughs> um, no, it is all good. Hannah was amazing. So cool. And Eliza's been fantastic. Um, just such a cool experience and very much a, uh, you know, it's all the cheesy dad things you say <laughs> where it's like all priorities just all of a sudden seem different. And yep. um everything you know you i heard somebody told me this when we were pregnant that like you'll feel everything on another level like you'll feel the good things more good you'll feel the bad things more bad and Mm. i mean i know it's only 12 days so i don't want to sound like i'm coming with all this fatherly wisdom (laughs) all of a sudden but i already can like see that's true of like yeah just even in the little things it's like oh wow i didn't know i could be this happy or i didn't know i could be this scared or (laughs) whatever yeah 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 um before we switch roles here real quick uh, talk to us a little bit about, uh, Hey, your new dad, new parents, right? First baby girl, first child. Uh, you've been sharing life with your house church now for a while. Talk to us about that transition of being a brand new parent and, and, and sharing life with house church. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, I think Hannah and I mentioned this on our interview episode earlier on in the podcast, but we're both, um, naturally homebodies. We, love excuses to stay home and just be together. The two or now the three of us. Um, so we were very intentional and we talked about this before Eliza was here of like, we need to make sure that we don't use our baby as an excuse to not be connected and to not do things. I mean, I think that applies even outside of house church, but especially with, with house church. Um, so, and I, I know like everybody has different experiences when they have a kid. Um, I've been able to see a lot of my friends have kids and have all different experiences. So I know sometimes just like logistically, this isn't always possible, but for us, like thankfully so far, Eliza has been a pretty easy baby. And so we made it a point that we, she was born Sunday morning, Thursday night, we were at house church. Mm -hmm. Um, It was super important to us, you know, really more for Hannah and I, obviously Eliza slept through the whole thing. Um, (laughs) But it was important to us to make that point of, you know, as soon as we can be back, we'll be back. Um, not because it's about attendance or anything, but just because we wanted almost to set that bar for ourselves that um, 
this was important and that that having a child was not an excuse to not be connected and not be apart. Yeah. And so why is that important to you? Like, because I think, I mean, we're blessed too to have our blood family around here. Um, so if they listen to this, I don't want to take anything away from them, but I think in, in many ways, Eliza's house church is going to be her family. Hmm. Um, you know, we, we love, our house church, like our brothers and sisters and our, you know, spiritual father and, and mother as well. Um, and so I think having her there as a part of that from day one, and, and I remember I texted our, um, our living church leadership team after that night. And I was just like, I'm so thankful that she's going to grow up in that. Mm, yeah. Um, that, was, that was beautiful. It's cool seeing, I mean, our, our house church particularly is the adults are way outnumbered by kids. Um, we think we have on a, on a quote unquote normal night with the people who are currently our regulars. I think we have like 12 adults and 18 kids <laughs> or something like that. Awesome. Um, so it's just like thinking to the like a carnival of, every it, house. Church oh, night. It is. And it, but it's awesome. It's so yeah. great. Um, and so just knowing those are going to be her friends and those are going to be the people probably, you know, at least we pray that those are the people that have the biggest influence and impact on our life. Cause I think that's a good impact and good influence yeah. then. It's good. It's good. Yeah. Well, congratulations, man. Thanks, Thanks for sharing that. I know yeah. that wasn't necessarily part of the plan. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But I, I think that's so important to bring out is that just church is family. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and so as your family begins to grow, you want to bring her into that spiritual family. And that's going to impact her as well as you and Hannah and your parenting and um, where she grows up in this community called the church mm-hmm. of people that can um, continue to come alongside you as her parents and teach her about Jesus and um, pray one day that she surrenders her heart to Jesus too. So that's great. Thanks, man. All right, I'll leave it to you now. Take over. Yeah, so I think today um, we wanted to talk about, we, Mark and I were kind of going back through some questions different different people had had asked, and there's a lot of questions around just like house church pastors, leadership, discipleship, things of that sort. And so um, we thought kind of a good a good framework to jump into that conversation and, and full transparency, we don't have a lot of a plan today, so we're just <laughs> going to kind of talk and see how it goes. But we thought a good framework to jump into that would be to talk about our living church leadership meetings and what those look like. Um, you know, obviously, Mark, I know you'll probably hit on this, but you have a lot of experience with church leadership meetings. Um, through my like late high school and college days, I did some internships and got to see some of those as well. And And I can say that my experience was that the that these church leadership meetings that I experienced were not drastically different from the meetings I have in the corporate world now. Um, I have a very traditional corporate cubicle job and meetings are about budgets and project plans and and um, initiative teams. And that was, you know, there, we may have put, there may have been some more uh, spiritualized spins on the names of those things, but it was a lot of planning and, and um, logistic stuff. And I think, um, what we see, what I experience in our living church leadership meetings is drastically different from that. Mm -hmm. And I think has morphed over time. I think early on we did have a lot of logistics conversations and, and I think we've seen a direct correlation in the health of our church as those meetings have morphed into what I believe is a a healthier situation. So I don't know, Mark, to, to start off, do you want to just kind of talk through maybe that history and what those meetings have looked like, you know, 10 years ago versus, kind of how, what they look like now and the, the road between those. 
Yeah, and and that's a good point, Joseph. I think, you know, just to, let me just kind of give an, uh, kind of paint a picture here for people that are listening. Currently, you know, we are our living church family of house churches. We have six house churches, and the house church pastors um, meet once a month. The first Monday of every month, we get together for a meeting. All right, and we've been doing that now for years. Um, but those meetings, to Joseph's point, um, have looked different over the years. And early on, I think we were still kind of learning what's this look like to be an organic church that looks like the first century church, right? Um, and no one knew how to do that, um, you know, at least in our context or our culture and you know, my default in ministry is like you said, you know, I've, I've been part of churches and, and church staff, um, before, and I've only, I'd only seen one way to do a meeting. It was very task oriented. Um, it was, um, I think the intent, I, you know, to give the benefit of the doubt, I, I really think deep down those who were leading meetings, the intent was to really genuinely care. Oh, absolutely. You know what I mean? But I think care for the persons at the, the staff, but it was just kind of this machine that, you know, you got to keep running and there's so many different pieces that need oil, you know, mm-hmm. to, to, um, to keep running the machine. And so you spend a lot of time talking about those pieces uh, of equipment in the machine to keep it going. And so a lot of the meeting to your comment earlier is focused on what are the tasks that we need to do to keep the programs going and th- that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and I think to your point, like the benefit of the doubt there is like thinking to the church that I spent my probably most formative young years in, you know, middle school and high school, it would have been irresponsible of them to not talk through those sure. things because they had a lot of resources. They had buildings and money and thousands of people that were in some way connected. And so to not talk through those logistics would have been irresponsible. Right. So I don't... right say anything to take away from that. But I think that also speaks to what we've talked about, what you've talked about with other people and other episodes of this podcast and how the, you know, we've probably used that, that trellis analogy a lot. If you've mm-hmm. been listening where you, you only build the trellis to support the vines that you have that then is able to play out and, and how these meetings look because there's not a lot of logistics that have right. to be discussed. Yeah. Because of living church being pretty decentralized. Right. And, um, each house church is independent yet connected. Mm-hmm. And so the focus becomes less on how do we keep the machine of living church going and more on the individual and the character of the people that are leading it mm-hmm. um, and that are shepherding their house churches. So um, we'll get to that, I think, more as we talk. But to just go back in our history, the meetings of, of the leaders of the house church pastors 10 years ago were very different. It, it, and a lot of it just to be brutally honest, was I didn't really know what we were doing. <laughs> you know, didn't know how to lead a meeting in the sense of, you know, differently than what I'd seen. And so it became a lot about just the tasks and what, you know, how do we keep this thing going and, and whatever. Um, but as time, as the years have progressed, and we've been in this now for 10, 12 years, um, the realization of, of, of that, you know, it really comes down to the character of the people leading to determine the health of what you're leading, <laughs> yeah. um, if that makes sense. And so, you know, most of our meeting now, um, 
I mean, our meetings go, we meet at 6.30, the first Monday of every night. They'll go till 10 o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, and half of that, probably more than half of that is spent in, in speaking of this too, Joseph, because you're part of those, you know, spent in prayer, spent in, hey, how are you doing? How's your family? Um, prayer for one another. Just pausing sometimes of listening to the Spirit and just being obedient to what He's encouraging us to do in that moment. Um, we're going through a passage of Scripture right now together, First Timothy chapter 3, looking at the character qualities of a pastor, an overseer of God's people. And we're just taking one character um, trait of, at, at a time, and we'll spend a good maybe hour just unpacking that. What does that mean? What does that look like? What's it look like to be above reproach in your workplace? Because these guys are working full-time jobs. You know, what's it look like to be above reproach in at home in your marriage? What's it look like to be the husband of one wife? <laughs> you know, what and, and purity and what that looks. So most of our meetings now is just focused on character yeah. and um, Christ-likeness. And, um, and we do get into uh, some other things, but... Um, but most of the meeting is, is now, if I were to contrast and compare what the meeting is now to where it is was 10 years ago, it's drastically different. It's the focus before was on living church, mm-hmm. you know, on, on, on that. Now the focus is on the person, on, on the pastor. Yeah. And how do, we, how do we build into the character um, of this pastor? Because if, if he is where he needs to be in Christ-likeness and growing, then we don't need to worry about how he's going to shepherd. Yeah. You know, um, we just need to come alongside him and, and, and continue to build into him, um, as he continues to live out the fruit of the spirit. So I don't know if that's, yeah, no, that's, that's great. I think, um, for context, you know, I think if you, again, if you've listened to the podcast for a while, you've heard now, I think all of our house church pastors have had an episode. Is that right? Is there anybody, Left. Every, yeah, no, I think we're good. So re- a recap, I think it might help too to understand the people that are in these meetings. Mm-hmm. You've That's got good. Mark who has background in full-time ministry and kind of traditional church ministry, also has been a, a missionary overseas. Um, you've got three of us, I think, that are kind of corporate America, um, you know, working in cubicles with spreadsheets and meetings and outlook calendars and that sort of thing. You've got... Uh, one guy who is uh, owns a roofing company. You've got another guy who works for a services company like that, doing gutters and roofing and um, does some sales and things there. You've got a freelancer. Um, I think I covered everybody there. I think so. So you've got people drastically, you know, different experiences, d- different things that they're dealing with during the week, um, different backgrounds coming into that meeting. And I think you know, thinking back to what you talked about in our early meetings, well, the group was a little different. There were similar backgrounds there. So you had a guy from traditional church and some corporate people. It's not surprising that those meetings looked very, what you would expect of a meeting. But I think, as I, like I mentioned earlier, as we've seen that transition from being all about logistics and, and keeping things running and, and making sure the programs were ready to more discipleship, um, we've seen that directly impact the health, the health of our church as a whole and our house churches. Yeah. And I was just going to say really for my, for me, my role becomes more pastoring the pastors, mm-hmm. you know, in, in a lot of ways, which I love and enjoy. Um, so 
I'll put you on the spot here because yeah. again, not a lot of planning went into this. Um, <laughs> when you think about the difference between how you were leading 10 years ago versus how you're leading now. Yeah. What, what comes to mind? Discuss. Yeah. <laughs> Discuss amongst yourself. Um, yeah. The very first thing that came to my mind when you, when you said that was looking back, I think my focus was on the vision on on the church as a whole, living church, getting this thing going more than on the people investing in the people leading. Um, and that's, so I don't know if regrets the right word for that, but man, just a lot of growth mm-hmm. in me that had to happen. Um, part of that is I, you know, it's all I knew really how to do. That's all I'd seen yeah. done in a, in a lot of ways. It's not that, I, I mean, I've had people invest in me, but over the years, which I'm super thankful for. Um, but from a leadership standpoint, just, I think looking back, it was just, you know, all about how do we get this thing going, make it big, get, you know, still yeah. even here we are, you know, that's just the default. Um, but now really for me, it's God just really grown me a ton through that and just slow is okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, slow is okay. Small is okay. Um, because it's about people and it's about investing in, in, in leaders. And that takes time. That takes listening. That takes, you know, me adjusting my schedule to fit their schedule. If that's possible, you know, when can you meet? Can you meet for lunch? Yeah. Okay. I'll meet you for lunch. Where are you going to be? I'll, you know, that kind of thing. So I guess when I think about it, it's, it's really seeing, man, that's, that's what's most important is just the person and investing in the person, discipling that pastor, that leader, or discipling that person to become a, a pastor or leader. Yeah. Um, and, and so really it becomes less about, I mean, the vision that God has given to us as living church, you know, is just to keep multiplying. I mean, it's not multiplying disciples, multiplying house churches. And the way that's going to happen is by investing in people and, mm-hmm. and discipling people and, you know, rather than trying to manufacture it, you know, with a system or setting up a structure to do that, man, just for me, it's just been a lot of growth and just, just love the people, love, love the leaders, invest in them, come alongside them, learn, listen to what their needs are, help them with be, be good dads, mm-hmm. um, husbands, you know, uh, Hey, you need to, you know, there's times when I've had to talk, like you need to have a date night with your wife. When are you going to do that? You know, kind of a thing. Um, And it's, it becomes less about most of the, and just 10 years ago, right. I would look at times and I'd be like, man, so much of my conversation and time on the meeting, the agenda was about, here's what we need to do for living church, blah, 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 blah. You know, where now when I'm meeting with guys, it's like, man, how's your family? How are you doing in your walk with the Lord? It, It just has shifted drastically, which I'm so thankful for. And, but God had to do that. Something that God did in me too, as a leader. So is that making any like, yeah, absolutely. I want to contrast or hopefully help. Cause I could see if somebody listening to this, especially if they've come from a, you know, whether it's traditional church background or if they're, they're getting into this house church thing from the business world, 
I want to talk about the boring stuff now so we can finish on the good stuff. So I could hear the questions of all oh, this, you know, sounds great. You're sitting around a campfire singing Kumbaya at your meetings. Cool. <laughs> but like there is a budget. Maybe I do have, you know, a building that I've been given responsibility over. Maybe mm-hmm. I do have some, some additional staff people. Like let's talk just, just br- real briefly. Like how does that stuff get done? How do we, how do we make sure that the, the, well, well, yes, Living Church is very decentralized and, and mm-hmm. that's good. we do have some logistics that we have to manage. So how does that stuff get done? And then we'll come back to the, the exciting discipleship stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, and that's a great point. I think, you know, to again, try to paint a picture of our leadership structure, use that trellis and mm-hmm. kind of imagine a trellis, right? And that the, the, the top piece that connects the two um, vertical pieces, that's kind of what we see is like this organizational structure. Right. And, and so that in that top piece that connects um, the, the two vertical pieces of the trellis, really, we see that as our elder team. And so we have an elder team over Living Church and the, the elder team oversees the whole. Right they're they're responsible for overseeing the spiritual, um, giving spiritual oversight to the whole movement or the family of house churches called Living Church. They're the ones that primarily are dealing with, okay, so what's the budget look like? What is the, How do we need to allocate those funds that best accomplishes and meets the needs of the people of our house church pastors, of our house churches, that kind of thing? Um, and so there's that that piece in that. So the elder elders, we meet quarterly, try to meet quarterly, and that's kind of where those logistical things get taken care of because those, those logistics that you're talking about, budgets and buildings and whatever, um, that's more of overseeing the whole. Those are those are logistics for the whole of Living Church. And so the elder team primarily takes responsibility over that because those things are impact the spiritual mm-hmm. um, growth of the whole. Does that make sense? It does. Okay. And so the so you have the elder team that over that's that top piece, right? Um, that handles some of that logistical those logistical things. And then you have the house church pastors, which those are individual churches, house churches. Um, and those house church pastors then provide the oversight and the discipleship for the house churches. Um, so, yeah, there are budgets, there are, you know, building stuff and all these different things. That happens more for us, at least, as living church at the elder team level. Um, and we see those things then as opportunities to. Um, discuss and work out how do those things best impact spiritually uh, the whole of living church. And correct me if I'm wrong, because um, I'm not part of that team, but from what I see, it seems like that team, like the, the things that that team has to deal with, those more logistical things, mm-hmm. a lot of it is, I'm not going to say takes care of itself, because I know people are doing a lot of hard work there, but it's there's not a lot of micromanagement that has to happen. It's, it's this person knows what they need to do. They, they believe in the mission and they're passionate about it. So they just get it done. And this person, you know, more on this, probably in a future episode, living church has been given stewardship uh, over a building right now. So, you know, cutting the grass, it's not, we Mm -hmm. don't have a committee that figures out how to cut the grass. We just, there's someone that owns that. I frankly don't know who it is, but it's, it gets cut. So like, it doesn't seem like right. there's a lot of work and, and planning that has to go into those sorts of things. There's just someone steps up, yeah. gets it done. And that's really how it works. Like in those meetings, it's kind of like, okay, who, who's going to take that on and, and make sure that that gets done. Right. And, yeah. 
And so we just kind of divvy it up and then we have like a, a group chat amongst the elder team and we're talking during the week and saying, all right, here's who I've talked to. So yeah, it just gets done. It's very organic. It's very relational. Um, and then we just kind of follow up, you know, throughout the week as we talk through and make decisions and different things. And then, yeah, so it gets done, but it's very, um, uh, there's some formality to it. Mm-hmm. but it's just like with anything, it's like family. I mean, somebody's yeah. got to cut the grass at home, right? <laughs> so who's going to do that, right? Like, okay, that's on you, you know, yeah. whether you do it personally or you get somebody to do it, then that's great. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of at the, at, that's the leadership level where a lot of the logistical things get taken care of. Um, you know, like you mentioned a building, right? We'll just hit on that real quickly. Yeah, God amazingly gave us a building a few months ago um, for free. Um, believe it or not. And so, yeah. And, and what's cool about that building is we're not going to call the building living church, right? It's going to have a different name. We really see this building as a gift from the Lord to be used for the community. And so, um, we're kind of totally re, um, rehabbing it and all these different things for the purpose really, yes, for our, uh, our Sunday gatherings in Northern Kentucky for house churches there in Northern Kentucky, but primarily to be used during the week by the communities. But there's logistics now with that that we've never had to work through mm-hmm. before, but a lot of that's ha- being, a lot of this, the decisions for that piece, the building piece, are happening at that elder team level. And whether the elder himself is over is doing the work or he's just enlisting others to, you know, to do it, um, that's up to up to the elder and that oversees it. So, um, but yeah, again, I, I want to hit that too with the elder team, like it. it all of those things are more for the whole, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and and that's what we see the elder being is he's providing oversight. This team is providing oversight for oversight for the whole, and that's where that building comes into play. That's that's going to help the whole, all of our living, or all of our house churches within Living Church, um, and so that's their role, and that's why they're handling a lot of that logistical piece. And I would just say for anybody curious that the that elder team is made up of a combination. There is representation of a couple house church pastors, but then it, also just other leaders within yeah. the whole of Living Church. That would meet the qualifica- biblical qualifications yes. of an elder. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yep. But, um, and I think there's some there's some health there too, that it's, yeah. not, it's not overburdening all of the house church pastors to also yeah. have to do this bigger stuff. And I think to kind of transition us back, so I just wanted to hit on that again yeah, for no, anybody who... Who comes from that background is wondering how how do you get the work the work done? Mm-hmm. But to transition back into kind of talking about our our house church pastors and, and thinking back to that pastors meeting that we have monthly. Um, if you don't care, I'll just talk through from my perspective yeah, what that meeting looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, like Mark said, Monday nights um, usually the first Monday of the month we get together um, and start at what six thirty usually yeah. and. We, you know, it's kind of a running joke that we never know when we're going to be done um, because we'll, we'll come together and we usually start off just checking in on our house churches, on our personal lives. Mm-hmm. You know, what's going on? What are you struggling with? How do you see God moving? Um, checking in on any, um, you know, anything that we just know about each other. It's very much, you know, if you think of, I remember from my 10, 15 years ago, accountability partners, think of that on kind of a small group scale, like we know what's going on in each other's lives. We're, we're communicating throughout the month with each other regularly via text, via, you know, one-on-one meetups, but this is kind of time for us to all come together and have some intentional time to check in on those things. Um, then we'll jump into scripture. Um, 
spend a lot of time just really diving deep on on right now again like mark said going through what it what are the qualifications of a pastor and what does that really mean like oh you know husband of one wife okay cool that means i don't have two wives but no like going deeper on like what are the implications there what does it look like to to actively pursue being a husband of one wife what does it look like to um to be above reproach in that area what does it look like to flee temptation in that area really getting deep there um and I mean, literally, that's what we'll spend sometimes an hour yeah. on something that, you know, husband of one wife. Okay, for the next hour, let's discuss that one qualification, um, which I think is helpful because it's a qualification of being a pastor, but it's also helpful just having time set aside to be in scripture and get to know God better Yeah, through his exactly. word. Because um, I'm sure, you know, eventually we'll make it to the end of that passage and we'll probably go on to something else that may not be directly related to like pastor qualification, but it's still time in the word together, learning what it means to, to pursue God. Yeah. And, and let me jump in on yeah. that real quick, just cause I'm thinking like the, the diff I'm looking back in time and, and contrasting right from our meetings before to our meetings now, like, and even meetings that I've been in, in church staff meetings where very little, if, if at all scripture was even part of the meeting, mm-hmm. the staff meeting, um, you know, and, and I'm, part of that, you know, we're looking back at meetings that we led years ago, you know, scripture was just saying, maybe let's read a verse and pray and let's really get onto the business, you mm-hmm. know, kind of a stuff. And so whereas now majority of our time really, or at least a good chunk of the time is spent in mm-hmm. scripture unpacking that. And that's been so, so good. So good yeah. for me personally. It's funny. Cause I, I know what you mean in that those more traditional meetings, a lot of times, it's almost the the prayer or the the verse of scripture at the beginning is like a formality. And I feel like for us, a lot of times the logistics are the formality at the end. It's like, you know, it'll be right. 945 yeah, at night yeah. and we'll be like, oh no, we got to discuss these three <laughs> things. Okay. 10 minutes later, we're done. Let's well, <laughs> it's kind of a funny thing. Like, like I would send out the agenda to the guys. Like this was probably a year or two ago. You know, I'd text out the agenda, <laughs> you know, and just so that they could kind of see it. And one, no one ever saw it, looked at it, you know? And then two, we never actually no. end up doing what's on the agenda a lot of times. Yeah. Um, and that's a good thing. I think it just shows, hey, well, let's come into this meeting really open how mm-hmm. this spirit, you know, because there's there's things that maybe come up in our conversations in that night. We're like, well, we need to, we need to talk more about yeah. that. So, yeah. Yeah, going. and I think, so yeah, so very open, but but generally check in time in scripture, and then a lot of time in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that to me is is always one of the most impactful times because if I can be frank and honest, I don't love group prayer time. Um, just as like a general thing. <laughs> it's just sometimes uncomfortable and it's like... I can't, I, I can't wait till I'm in a group with you next <laughs> and I can ask you to pray. I know, I don't mind. I don't <laughs> mind being the one praying. It's like the... It's like that, okay, we're all going to sit in silence until someone speaks up and then, oh, we think we're wrapping up because no one said anything for a minute, but then someone else speaks up and it, like, as a general thing, it just makes me uncomfortable and it's not always fun, but like, that always ends up being one of the most impactful times of the night, I think, for me at least, and just like, being forced to, you know, put my phone down, even put my Bible away mm. and just spend time directly with God. Because I think I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a, I'm a checklist person. So even when it comes to like my spiritual walk, being in the word is really, 
I'm not going to say it's easy for me because I also don't like to read. Um, but yeah, that's an, like an easy concept for me that like, I need to open this book, spend time reading and understanding it. That yeah. makes sense to me. Prayer is such a more of a gray area. Um, a more kind of, I guess, ambiguous thing of like talking, also listening that it's harder for me personally to do that. Um, and, and have a healthy prayer life. So I think those times always of just that forced and forced in a good way of like, Hey, we're not doing anything else right now. And, and there's no rush to move ahead. Yeah. And, and you know, as you're talking, Joseph, this is coming to my mind. One of the things too, that I've had to learn, and I want to say this to, to those leaders that are maybe leading other leaders. Um, Cause I'm a task driven person too, a checklist person. I used to get super frustrated when we wouldn't get through everything on the agenda. Mm -hmm. Like that, I would go home just like, ugh, frustrated that we w didn't get through everything. Um, but God's had to grow me through that to where now, well, wait a second. No, no, no. Let's, I need to go into this meeting very open to how the spirit wants to move in that meeting. And cause there might be something that comes out from one of the guys or a couple, whatever, that we need to really just pray over or whatever. And, and so that's something as a leader, um, you might have to work through, <laughs> you know, where it becomes less about getting through the agenda and more about discipling the guys that are in front of you yeah. and, and being part of that community and, and them discipling you too, as the leader. And, um, and so that's just something, just kind of a, something I might have to grow in as a leader who's leading other leaders, um, to just, it's, man, I don't cares if you get through everything on the agenda, you know, really what, what matters most is that, you're being invested in and there you're investing in others for the kingdom and that you're growing and close, you know, and abiding with Christ and mm -hmm. you're, they're helping you do that and you're helping them do that. And that that's, that's going to make a healthier leader than getting through the agenda. Yeah. Anyway. No, I think I would echo that from my perspective as, as the person who's not leading this meeting, but again, I'm a, I'm a doer. I'm a list person. I, you know, in my job, I enjoy, leading meetings. I enjoy being part of discussions about our team and logistics. Like that's, that's just part of who I am. And so it's been interesting to see God grow me of, of, you know, not always loving the just, Hey, let's just sit around and talk. Hey, let's spend a lot of time praying. Like it's been interesting over the past year or two to see God grow me through the, the meetings that I leave, like refreshed, excited are the ones where we don't really do any of that. Like the, any of the logistics stuff, it's the yeah. meetings where we're just spending time with each other, iron sharpening iron and the word praying that I leave refresh. And it's mm -hmm. actually been the, the meetings that have been more logistic focused by necessity. Um, you know, again, Mark mentioned a building. Um, there's obviously had, had to be by the nature of the world, like some more logistics focused conversations around that. And those were the meetings that left like, ah, uh, I was kind of felt like a waste of a Monday. Like <laughs> we just got together and talked about a bunch of stuff and then right. left. But, um, so it's just been interesting to see God grow me in that way That's too. Good. Um, what do you think? Thinking about the people that are part of this meeting, I want to kind of transition us to talking about, you know, you, we've, I think both made some comments about like, it becomes a lot less about the specifics of, of the logistics and the, the structure when you know the people that are leading or being discipled and are walking with the Lord, what does it look like to find those people? Um, you know, I think when you're part of something that's growing, 
uh, house church movement, um, people often get excited and they, I want to do it too. I want to do it too. Um, you know, I'm, you've hit on slow is okay. Talk a little bit about like, I think the reason I bring all this up, I think one of the things that makes our, these meetings so valuable is the heart of everybody there is good. I don't, I'm not saying that from a uh, theological standpoint, (laughs) but I think, you know, there, there's a, a a unified intention for those meetings. Yeah. So Um, how do we, how do you get there? mm. (laughs) Um, the first two things that came to my mind were time and relationship. And it, I just don't know how you get there any other way. Um, I think, you know, as far as to your question, how do you find those people? Well, one, you need to know what you're looking for, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's what for us as living church, you know, no one can just lead a house church. I mean, you need to have the burden of a pastor, you know, first Timothy three, one desire, you know, you want to desires this desires a noble thing. So there's a burden there. So you're looking for someone that has a burden, you know, um, a burden to shepherd, a burden to live on mission. Um, you know, people can say that and, but are they living it? So, you, you know, when you're, you're looking for people that are not just saying I have a burden to reach the lost or a burden to shepherd, but they're just doing it. They're already doing that. They're already pastoring. They just don't know, know that they're pastoring. Um, that'd be one thing is to know what you're looking for. Um, and again, that brings me back to scripture. First Timothy three, you look for someone with burden and you look for someone that has the character, right? But that takes time. You know, I've made multiple mistakes over the years and the guys, current guys, uh, rib me a little bit, you know, about it. And they're right. They're dead on right. Like where it, you know, having a, for me, the goal was let's have a ton of house churches, <laughs> you know, so let's just, um, Hey, this guy looks great. He seems to say all the right things. And, you know, you just then start to assume, you know, things about that person rather than you really haven't invested in them. You haven't really spent time with them. Um, you think you know them, but you really don't. Um, and man, that, and looking back, that's nearly, in some ways destroyed the ministry of living church and putting people in leadership positions before they were ready or they should have never been in those positions in the first place. And that's, you know, I've made that mistake multiple times. It's only by God's grace, um, you know, over his church um, that's protected us through some of those mistakes on my part. Um and, and so I think to answer your question, how do you find them? One is, man, you know what you're looking for. You're looking for biblical leaders with character and that have a burden to pastor and, and that are currently doing that in, in, in some way. Um, but then too, it just takes time. You got you to gotta spend time with people and see how they manage their families, see how they um, care for their wives and uh, see, um, you know, what they're individual walks with the Lord are like, are they in the word, you know, those kinds of things. And then, so that takes time and to observe that over a period of time, it's kind of, it takes me back to um, the book of Acts where Paul shows up and 
the church comes to Paul and recommends Timothy. Well, how are they able to, they're recommending Timothy because they've spent time with him. They've observed him. And they're like, we think this guy would be a really good fit to go with you, Paul. They've, they've done life with this guy. They know that his mom, according to scripture, have taught him the scriptures. And so I think that's what, you, you know, how do you find them? You know what you're looking for. You're looking for those people that are um, growing in likeness, And, um, you know, like we said, they have the burden uh, of shepherding and to shepherd and they're doing that and they have the characters we see in scripture but then to the only way you're going to know that is if you spend time with that person and um a lot of times these people are coming from house churches because you're doing life with those people you know and uh so time and and relationship would be those those would be things that, that come to mind yeah i think it's interesting thinking about the guys some of them specifically, and I'll know who they are when they hear this, but <laughs> that are that are like actively uncomfortable with calling themselves pastor. Right. right. Um, because, you know, and I think it comes from a very healthy, humble place of like, it's, and I say it like, it's not about a title for them. It's not, oh, I want to be a house church pastor. It's they were already leading in their neighborhood. Right. They were already gathering people together for intentional purposes to to help disciple their neighborhood. And like you mentioned with Timothy, you know, people around them were calling them out saying, Hey, it's your time. You need to pastor. Right. And a couple of the guys specifically, they're like, no, I, I, I'm not ready for that title. I'm like, no, yes, you are. And right. I think that just shows not that that's a foolproof, you know, checkpoint, right. but I think right. that's a very healthy sign of, of, there's no selfish desire here for for power or title. It's I'm already doing it and other people are calling that gift out of me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember in uh the episode with Jason and Izzy tucking in the neighborhood, which is <laughs> two episodes before this one, is even commented about Jason that he's been shepherding. That's what he does. He just shepherds people. That's who he mm -hmm. is. Right. Um, it just took some people to come alongside and say, well, that's actually pastoring. <laughs> you know, yeah. it looks different than maybe what you grew up in, what we what we've learned to define or call a pastor. But actually, you're shepherding people. And she yeah, he's always shepherded people. He's yeah. always a guy that's reaching. And you obviously, you know, I mean, you've grown up with Jason, so you've seen that, too. So to your point, right, like. It just takes some people, sometimes people to come alongside and know you you actually are pastoring. And you need to embrace this because it is a noble thing. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the living room. Okay. And yeah. how that relates here. Because I think there's, while, you know, that's a lot of those guys, I think you've mentioned the living room on the podcast before. Um, mm. Not the living room podcast. That's <laughs> that's confusing. Um, the living room, I, I'll let you explain more okay. in detail what it is. Yeah. But, but that's not directly you know, those guys are not a part of living church. They are not part right. of any s particular structure or thing that, that is, is uh, there's no official relationship there, I guess, official accountability. They're not house church pastors under your leadership of living church. Right. But I think there's a lot of similarity there in that, that relationship and that discipleship. Yeah. I mean, the living room Zoom, I guess, <laughs> if you want to call it like we have, obviously this is the living room podcast, um, but we have an, a kind of um, another spoke from from this wheel of the living room. And, and what that is, is just basically a connecting point for um, other 
house church pastor leaders, organic church, micro church leaders, um, really from not only the States, but all around the world. And we get together on a Zoom call um, once a month. And sometimes there's four, sometimes there's 12 of us, you know, and whoever can meet. And we get on there and we just, it's a time of encouragement. It's a time for those guys um, to just share their concerns, their struggles, um, for us to pray for one another. Um, the last couple months we've been talking through what does a house church meeting look like. And so each person goes right now, it's just kind of showing what it looks like for them. Um, and two, for a lot of these, these leaders, I mean, they, you know, as living church, I mean, we're, we're blessed to have a community of house churches. Right. And, and so we get that sharpening, um, naturally we get to have pastor meetings once a month because there's multiple house churches where so a lot of these living room leaders that are leaders that are part of the living room they're it they don't know anyone else in their city um or their town that's doing house church so they're it so in a lot of ways this living room zoom call becomes like a house church pastors meeting for them um and so i want to encourage anyone that's listening and maybe you're isolated maybe you're doing house church and you came across the podcast and man you want to be would like to just kind of jump in on that community, that Zoom call once a month, reach out to us, let us know. And um, yeah, we can send you the link and we'd love to have you be part of that Zoom call. And, and uh, but it's more than just a Zoom call. I mean, I'm, these guys, I'm just had a phone call with one guy for an hour a couple of days ago, you know, down in Tennessee and just helping him work through some different things. And we've got um, a house church leader in Nepal, the country of Nepal, and a couple in Australia, you know, that, that we're talking with. So it's just a neat opportunity for us to know that we're not alone and then to learn from one another and, um, and to just help each other as we first make disciples and live on mission. And I think, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've been a part of a couple of those calls, but haven't been able to be a part of many of them. But from what I gather and from some of the, the text messages I see from those guys, like that's similar that the, of course there's going to be questions about logistics and Hey, how do you take care of this? And that's natural. That's just part of life. But like the focus there is discipleship and the focus is leading, like focusing on how they're leading as followers of Jesus, not on, Oh, are you, are you doing this one specific thing every time you meet? Are you, you know, are you texting a different person in your house church every day? It's like, no, we're, we're focusing on, are you following Jesus and are you pursuing him and then pursuing to lead for him? And then all those other things flow out naturally. And I think, you know, just getting to, t to talk to a couple of those guys and even thinking about our own house church pastors, like the way that the specifics of the way that, that we all lead may look very different um, based on the people that, that are part of our house church, based on the size of our house church, you know, my house church, over half of us that that Abe and Kenzie for their episode, they, they're the pastors of that house church. I attend that house church or a part of that house. I don't know. Do I attend it? I'm a part of it, whatever. Um, but over half of us actually live physically in the same neighborhood. So we're able to, you know, the other night I, I just took our dog on a walk and saw somebody else that was part of our, two, two other people that were part of our house church. And we have that where, where maybe some of the other house churches, you know, you have a Marco house church with a lot of college kids. So probably the way that you interact and, and connect with them is different than how I connect with, you know, Abe and Derek and Zach and Micah. Like, um, so I think, again, like I'm just saying all that to circle back to the idea that it's, it's so much less about 
programs and logistics and how you get things done. And it, it's so much more about the people, their walk with Christ, and then releasing, sending, to use one of our, our key words, sending yeah. them to go do that however they see fit. Yeah, it becomes a lot less about accomplishing, helping them accomplish a task mm-hmm. and more about discipling mm. them. Yes. And I think that's... That was much I, more eloquently said. <laughs> no, I, I, I just think like, because I think there's a vacuum with that in in our Christian leadership world. Like so much of the stuff is spent on how to grow your church and um, which isn't bad. Those things aren't wrong or methods and all those things, but... Really, I think what I'm seeing is missing in a lot of the the Christian leadership is just, man, just discipling leaders, just loving the leader Mm -hmm. and helping them learn how much they're loved by their Savior and then that compelling them to love their neighborhood and love their community and love their church, their house church. And and so that's really right. Like, I mean, there are some logistics that we talked through a little bit, but but a lot of these guys, right, like that are leading, they don't. I mean, they're, they just have a burden, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, a burden to live the mission of Jesus, to make disciples and to do it in through a house, the vehicle of a house church or organic church. And, um, they're just, man, they need a community. And that's kind of what the living room provides for them is that community of like-minded leaders, um, who are really seeking to follow Jesus and live his mission in a very, and make disciples rather than grow a more mm-hmm. attractional kind of church. It's more, man, I just want to invest my life in people and uh, I want to be part of a community of other leaders that are doing that. And, and I think the living room is, is, is providing that for people. And I think when you look at that group, you've got a guy in Nepal who walks hours to different right. you know, people that he's discipling. You've got a couple in Australia. You've mm-hmm. got a guy in, in the U S that's in an urban environment. You've got, yeah people in the U S and more rural environments. Like there's no way that that programs and logistics are going to make sense for all of those people. Right. But there's still a common ground there and there's still value there because what really matters is that they are all individually walking with, with Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think that's it. Right. And I think that's a beautiful thing that the common denominator in every one of those leaders is, is man, we just, we just want to, make disciples of Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and that's really what it boils down to. And everybody's context is different. Like a missionary, like I'm, you know, we were missionaries in Ireland, Western Europe for two and a half years or whatever. And, but that being a missionary there is very different than being a missionary trying to, you know, seeking to share the gospel in let's say the Middle East mm-hmm. or in, in um, Asian parts of the world. Right. So yeah. it's kind of like, it's the same here. Like, you know, and, you know, what somebody's doing in rural Texas um, is going to look different potentially than what someone's doing in urban New Orleans. Yeah. But the common denominator is that they, people love Jesus mm-hmm. and they want to make disciples of Jesus. And that takes time. That takes relationship. Um, it takes the gospel. You know, and all of us have that. And so that's where I think that's where our common, um, I don't know what I'm looking for there, the, um, just common beliefs. Um, that's what kind of brings us together, yeah. you know, and um, it's less about here's 10 practices on how to grow your church. And it's more, man, 
how are you doing, <laughs> you know, um, spiritually and what do you need? Well, I need help with learning how to teach a lesson. Okay, yeah. well, what's that look like? Who can help yeah. with that? You know what I mean? And just how are you and your wife doing and your kids and what a kid? What do you do with the kids and your house church and how are you discipling them? So, yeah, it just it becomes less about tasks, accomplishing a task and more about discipling these leaders. And I think that I'm working through this in my head, so I, hopefully this will make sense. But I think when we think in scripture where, where Paul talks about, you know, to the Jew, I became a Jew, to the Greek, I became a Greek, I became um, all to some that I might win some. I did not quote that exactly right. But you know where I'm going with that. I think that's, you know, that's kind of what you're getting to see through the living room on the church as a whole, rather than it being one person doing these things, you're seeing, um, you know, someone in an urban environment become part of that community Mm -hmm. and the way that that community needs to be reached. You're seeing someone in a foreign country become part of that community in the way that that community needs to be reached. Um, and, and following that example that Paul gave us. And I think, um, again, the only reason that it makes sense to have a guy in Nepal on the phone with a guy in New Orleans is because they serve the same king. Yeah, the king is the brand, <laughs> right? We're not, the living room isn't about how do we multiply living room house church or mm-hmm. living church house churches, right? That's not the goal of the living room is how do we um, multiply the living church brand? Um, Jesus is our brand. Yeah. You know, the king is our brand. And so that's what we're about, trying to be about. And how do we help someone in Texas or Nepal or New Orleans or Australia do, you know, billboard the brand who is Jesus through house church in their context, in their community. And a lot of that, that just comes down to just investing in the leader, you know, and listening and, uh, and helping when we can and where we can. So I think I have one. One last kind of topic or question for us today. Um, We use the word discipleship a lot. Yeah. Talk a little bit about, and I I think we've hit on this, but I just want to be really clear. The difference between discipleship and mentorship or the difference between discipleship and leadership training. Yeah. um, What, what is significant about discipleship? Well, discipleship, what's significant about discipleship is who you're discipling them to right? And Jesus is the focus of discipleship. Um, you know, he is, um, yeah, he's the central person of, of all of discipleship. And so the contrast there is when you're discipling someone, Jesus needs to be the center person, central Mm -hmm. person that you're talking about. Um, and his word is the central um, is central to that because that's how we learn about Jesus, right? It's through his word and through his people. Um, and so when I think of that, I think of the contrast is, man, if I'm discipling someone, I've got to get them connected to Jesus and stay connected to Jesus, abiding with Christ, right? So that's that's that piece. Mentorship or leadership training, I think, is more skill-related. Mm-hmm. You know, how do you flesh out some of that stuff? But um, so I, that's where I would probably see the difference, you know, leadership training might be in, okay. Um, you've never really led a Bible lesson, you know, with a group of people, let's give you some teaching and training on that. Um, let's give you some training on how do you shepherd, you know, what's that look like in your context? Um, and so that's kind of where I would, would, 
see the di- distinctives being mm. on leadership training is more on a, helping someone learn a skill, you know, um, discipleship is more the character piece and helping them learn how much they're loved by Jesus. What, you know, the gospel just permeating then every aspect of their, of their lives. Um, so it's, so I don't know if that's yeah helpful. Yeah, absolutely. And I think probably most people listening could have, you know, they, they know that answer as well, but I just wanted to ask that at the end today to bring that. Oh, go ahead. You, I was going to say, I, th- I think you're right on that, but I would say this. I think sometimes we confuse lead- leadership training for discipleship. Yes. And yeah. And I think that's why I wanted to hit on it because we've talked about a lot of different things today. You know, we've mentioned, um, like our, how our leadership meetings look, we've, we've talked about kind of choosing or, or not choosing, but, uh, calling out house church pastors, um, we've talked about the living room and I think you could go through a lot of those things and you could, you could train or, or build up really good Bible study leaders. You could, um, you could even hold each other accountable to a set of rules or qualifications. But if that's not all done in the context of pursuing Jesus, then it's kind of all for naught. Um, And so I think having that distinction that, that yes, that stuff's important and it can be helpful to teach someone how to, how to share the word. It can be helpful to. It's needed. Right. yeah, Yeah. But not for the sake of being a good Bible teacher for the sake of sharing Jesus. Yeah. And, and I think too, when I think of the, you know, when I look at how Jesus discipled his disciples, right, it was kind of all encompassing, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, Hey, you know, follow me, walk with me for three years or so, you know, just be with me. You know, Jesus was the center Mm -hmm. focus of them as in their discipleship. He was it. And yet as they followed him, he did some of that leadership training. All right, here now, I want you to go into these towns and villages and I want you to go knock on the doors and I want, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I want you to share the God. So it was kind of all wrapped up in life. And, and I think, so I, you know, I, I, I think sometimes we compartmentalize these things mm-hmm. and, and when it really, all of that's just an all encompassing and just being the body, being the church, um, equipping people. I mean, that's your role as a shepherd is to equip the people to do the work of the ministry. We see Jesus doing that equips the disciples to do the work of the ministry. Um, and so, yeah, I, I feel like, you know, when it comes to discipleship and leadership training, you know, I think for Jesus, it was obviously, you know, follow me, Mm -hmm. follow me. And sometimes I think we can get so focused on the leadership training piece. Yeah. And we, we were producing leaders with great skill, competent, you know, and, and, and different things, but we've neglected the character. Mm-hmm. We've neglected to spend time on how's their relationship with Jesus, you know? And um, I think, yeah, I think that's where we need to really yeah. think through how, we're, how we are discipling and how we are training um, and not get those two confused. Yeah. It makes me think of that like super cheesy um, saying that Jesus doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Yeah. And I think, yeah, yeah it's cheesy, cliche, churchy phrase, but I think there's a truth to that in that if you look at our leadership team, I don't think we're not flashy. We're not fancy. I don't think any of us are the best, best, 
teacher preachers out there. None of right. us are the the um, the nicest neighbors out there. Um, you know, we try, but yeah. I think that when you look at our house church pastors, you see guys and families that truly have a heart to see their whatever their community is, whether it's their physical neighborhood or, or mm-hmm. something else to see Jesus. And I think that's what scripture tells us that, that God uses. He looks for a heart that's willing, not for a, a flashy outside that's able to to do all this stuff in the best looking way possible. And, I, and so I think that coming into our conversation, then it's, it's much less about, Hey, here's, here's the, the five marks of a good sermon or whatever. It's, it's about, Hey, are you pursuing Jesus? And then mm. he's going to show you fruit from that. Yeah. And sure. There's room for training on this or that. There's probably room for how can we make a better podcast, you know, to make, <laughs> make it more interesting. But I think there's a little room for that. I the, think. the heart is that Jesus will, the fruit of the spirit, mm-hmm. that fruit is born out of character, not out of skill. Yeah. Um, you know, the fruit of the spirit isn't good teaching, well-dressed, um, nice home to bring people into comfortable couch to sit on and talk. The fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, yeah, et cetera. Um, yeah. And that comes from abiding right in yeah. Christ. And I think of, you know, I was listening to a podcast, I think it was yesterday and the guy was on talking to pastors and he said, listen, God doesn't find leaders. He makes them. Mm. And I was like, man, that's really profound. And, you know, makes me think of too, when Jesus called the disciples, he said, follow me. And then what's he saying? And I will what? Make you Mm -hmm. fishers of men. You know, so Jesus was not only just calling people to discipleship, he was actually telling them what he was going to turn them into, right? I'm going to turn you into a missionary. I'm going to do this. So, but that starts with following Jesus, you know, as you're following Jesus and you're growing in him and abiding in him, the burden for making disciples should be there. Yeah. That, that just comes naturally. It should something that the spirit produces in you as you follow Jesus, the King, you're going to have a burden to want to see more people know him and follow him. And so I think that's really important when we talk about discipleship and leadership training, you know, it's Jesus does both. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and He's not only calling us to follow him, but as we follow him, he is making us into Mm -hmm. leaders who will live on mission and join him in his mission. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, it's not to simplify it too much, but it just, well, maybe so, right? I mean, it just, just pursue Jesus, Mm -hmm. just pursue him, get to know him. um, And by his spirit, he will produce in you the leadership you need to lead and shepherd and, and, and care for his people yeah, and live his mission. And I think I would encourage if, if by chance you're listening to this and, you know, we've talked a lot about leadership and pastors being called out by others about the humility, about not desiring the, the power or the position. I don't want anybody to hear if you, if you feel that you've been called into ministry, like great. This isn't to say that you can't make that decision on your own, but I think I would also follow that up with, we've talked before, 
um, I think we've talked about this in our, in our meetings, but I know at other points with some of our, our house church pastors, I've talked about um, how those qualifications of a pastor that are shared with Timothy are really not all that different from the qualifications or, or the, the, um, the right living of any believer. Right. Correct. And so I yeah. think if you're listening and whether you're already in a, an official ministry role or not, like pursue those qualifications, pursue the things that, that Paul sets aside of pastors, pursue those things personally in your life more than you pursue any title or position or job. And then that's, I think, where fruit starts to come yeah. because it's you're doing that out of a true heart to f- share Jesus, not out of any desire for a leadership role. Yeah, and, and I think there's a lot of pastors that are sitting in churches today. They just don't think they can be mm-hmm. because we've defined yep. what a pastor is a certain way. Yeah. You know, because there's a lot of guys sitting in church services every Sunday or whenever that uh, love their husband of one wife above reproach, you know, gentle Mm -hmm. that are hospitable, you know, all those different things. And they are pastoring and shepherding. They just, we just don't call it that, you know? And so to your point, yeah, I think, you know, you know, what's that look like if somebody's listening and going, yeah, okay. Yeah. This burden is for real. I don't want to, don't ignore that. Yeah. Don't ignore that. Um, because really what's happening is the spirit is producing in you these things at, mm-hmm. as you are abiding in Christ. Um, and so, yeah, so something to kind of be aware of. Um, and, and so for someone listening, this may be going, yeah, I have this shepherding heart. What's it look like to shepherd people for you? You know, where you're at in your context and your community with your church family, what's it look like to, to live out this burden that God has placed on my heart? So, yeah, I think to wrap up, I'll ask you, i give you a second to think about it. What would be your kind of ultimate based on all the things that we've kind of randomly talked about today that kind of connect, kind of don't, um, mm-hmm. what would your encouragement be? And I, cause I was thinking, I'll let you think about that while I share something. I think that whatever, whatever reason that you've decided to listen to Mark and I ramble on for, I don't even know how long it's been probably an hour plus now about things kind of related to church leadership and house church and and discipleship. There's probably a heart in there somewhere to lead for the Lord. (laughs) And I think I would just encourage you two things. One, there's nothing in scripture that says you have to go through any sort of program or, or um, official channels to start discipling others. Um, so I would encourage you just do it. Um, God is not impressed by titles or positions. He's a, he would prefer that his people pursue him and, and lead others to him. At the same time, I would come to the conversation that we had about the living room and, and highly encourage you that if you desire any sort of, of leadership, if you are someone who's making disciples, be sure that you're being discipled yourself. Um, if you keep up with church news at all, it's never more prevalent that, that people at the top can fall hard. Um, and whether that's at the top of some huge mega church or that's at the top of leading two of your friends in a Bible study. When, when you take on a leadership role, I personally believe that the enemy actively hates that. And I, I know that, that even in my life, 
by God's grace, I've never had a, a big fall like that publicly, but the times that I have been my worst has been the times that I have not had people actively in my life that, that I, I have pursued discipleship with. There's no putting blame on someone else of, oh, you weren't checking in on me enough or whatever. It's, you know, I, I need to be the one that's actively pursuing that accountability and discipleship and relationship. Um, so whether that's, you know, truly reaching out to, to Mark and talking about the living room, or if you have community that you can reach out to, I would encourage you, if you in any way, which I hope you do desire leadership and desire to disciple others, desire that for yourself as well. Yeah, you have. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think as I think back over our conversation today, what comes to my mind is as a leader, we need to care less about our agenda and getting through our agenda and care less about accomplishing our vision and care more about investing in the people God has put in front of us, care more about spending time with them, caring about them as a person, as a follower of Jesus. And if you're a leader of leaders, caring less about that, caring less about your agenda and getting through um, all those different tasks and caring more about the leaders that you're leading and asking God to just really give you a heart that loves them and loves their families um, and that prays for them. And I think that's the thing, really. Just disciple the dis- disciple the disciplers. <laughs> you know, disciple them. Um, and that just and that's going to involve time, and it's going to involve relationship. Those are the things that kind of bubble to the surface for me from today. Just and and to say like, I didn't start that way. This is stuff that God has had to grow me in, and it's hard because I'm a very task driven person. But God is. I can see how the Spirit has grown me as a leader to just care less about my agenda, care less about getting through the agenda and care more about the person that's in front of me and care more about the leader that's leading and how to help them follow Jesus. Thanks so much for listening and joining us in the living room today. If you found today's conversation helpful, pass it along. You can find episodes of our Living Room Podcast conversations at living-church.com or anywhere you find podcasts that matter. Until we meet again here in the Living Room, make much of Christ, make disciples living the mission of Christ, and multiply churches for the glory of Christ.